It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 52. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and we have a special football season recap this week with the winningest quarterback in University of Minnesota football history. Yes, it's Tanner Morgan. He'll join us. We have so much to talk about. So many memories for Morgan, including getting that big curtain call at Yankee Stadium last week, coming off the bench, one final chance to lead the maroon and gold, and it ended in a pinstripe bowl victory in New York City. Morgan holds so many gopher passing records, both for a season and a career. His career now at Minnesota is over. He's accepted an invite to the Hula Bowl. He's hoping to get a shot at professional football. We hit on all of that in the Go Gopher podcast. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Hey, make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus has been a longtime supporter of Golden Gopher Athletics. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They sponsor our player profile feature with Tanner Morgan today. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. You can also go back and listen to any of the Go Gopher podcasts from weeks gone by. Last week, for example, we were in New York City and we talked with new Kent State football coach Kenny Burns as he was preparing to coach his final game with Minnesota in the Pinstripe Bowl as running backs coach. He had a lot of great things to say about Muhammad Ibrahim. Go back and listen. I know you'll enjoy the conversation. This week, it's episode number 52 with one of our all-time favorites, Tanner Morgan. He joins us next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors. With more brokers, buyers, and offers, Sunbelt gets owners 15% more than the market average. Learn more about this True North company at sunbeltminnesota.com. Hi, Gopher fans. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are looking for diehard Gopher fans to join our sales team and our internship team. If you want to join a winning culture and become a good neighbor today, head over to our website at champlininsurance.com and apply online today. It's episode number 52 of the Go Gopher podcast, which I guess if it's weekly means we're right on our one-year anniversary of when this started. And we're going to talk with Tanner Morgan, Golden Gopher quarterback. And I want to say you were on the second or third ever show. Maybe it was a first handful. I know that. That was on a Zoom. Yeah. So this is probably your fourth or fifth appearance here. You're like one of our regulars. Yeah, reappearing guest, you know. (laughs) Honored to be here. Well, good to see you as always. And while the Gopher football season is over, and quite literally your career has ended with Minnesota, you now are embarking on some new stuff, which we're going to talk about. But real quickly, before we get, uh, you know, down the road on on that, just quickly tease us a little bit. You've got the Hula Bowl, Mm -hmm. which, which is not in Hawaii 
Hawaii anymore no. because they tore their stadium down. Yeah. But Orlando is a pretty good consolation prize from Hawaii. You'll be playing in that as we tape today is a Friday. So you'll be playing in that a week from tomorrow. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So January 14th. And then uh, I'll be in the NFL PA Bowl, which is uh, January 28th. So kind of a busy January, but yeah. I'm excited uh, to have this opportunity and, um, you know, get to keep doing what I love to do right now. So that's that's a blessing for sure. Just keep going at it. And that game, uh, the NFL PA game, that's in California. That's at the Rose Bowl. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely a cool opportunity and um, a game that uh, – you know, Jack Evans played in last year and get to see what he's doing uh, for the Titans yeah. right now. And it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, I know he was only a gopher for one year, but definitely made an impact here. And, um, you know, undrafted and has been active the last four or five weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. So cool to see his journey. I just wanted to shout out Jack. It's, it's my guy. So, um, you know, I'll definitely be wearing a, a 50 Titans jersey <laughs> coming up pretty soon. <laughs> Yeah, he had um, he did have an impact, no question. Yeah, he had an interception not last week, but I think the week before, right? Which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, he had yeah. a little tip ball and yeah, and you know, Gophers find the ball. So it's awesome. It's great. All right, well, let's talk about um, your last game as a Gopher. So it's at Yankee Stadium, yeah. and we, I want to talk a whole bunch about it because it was cool to watch you guys play on that field. Although the field <laughs> was not the greatest in terms of, uh, of, of being able to get your traction, I know that um, yeah. li- literally. You know, um, not just a figurative like, hey, they never could get traction. No, literally, you couldn't get traction. But um, it was, you know, obviously leading up to that game, um, Ethan was the starter. You were preparing. Hopefully, you were going to get a shot right. at some point, and then the injury happens, and you kind of. I'm gonna, I've, I've been using this as kind of a baseball vernacular since you were on a baseball field, but you kind of got a curtain call out of the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Which was pretty cool, I thought. And yeah. you got a couple of touchdown passes. It was a nip and tuck game, and you helped the team get a win. I mean, that had to just be. Um, I don't know if unexpected is the right word, but you know, as you're preparing for that bowl game who knows and you end up being the guy that gets a couple of touchdowns and you win the game yeah definitely I mean I think when you look at um you know from, from my perspective um leading up to that obviously getting being able to just practice again was a, a blessing uh you know because I was out for a while with you know the injury uh from the season and you know I was in a different role there for a long time and, and you know more of a mentoring coaching and, and still leadership role and so to be able to to practice and put on pads was a, was a pretty pretty good feeling so to be able to you know, go through the practice week and then, you know, um, you know, I was uh, needed and went in there and guys made some plays and uh, definitely cool to, definitely cool to, cool ending for me for, for my gopher uh, football career because, you know, it's something that I'm forever thankful for and, uh, you know, now I'm an alum, which is pretty wild. Crazy, uh, right? <laughs> after six years, I, I guess, you know, uh, usually, usually that's after four or five, but I made it to six, so I, I definitely won that one. But yeah, it, it was a, you know, it was one of those things where you just got to be ready for the moment and um, enjoy everything, soak it all in. Uh, and again, I enjoyed every moment of it, and I'm thankful for for the ride. And uh, you know, glad that I was ready to go in there and, and execute. And, and fun to just uh, end with a win, and definitely in a historic stadium because that stadium was was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I want to talk about that too. But um, back to to you going in and getting prepared for that because you. Had when's the last time you were in that role where you because really the only reason you weren't playing was you suffered the injuries and so Ethan now is you know took over late in the season played the final three games filled in for you at Nebraska filled in for you at Illinois earlier in the year and played great at Wisconsin and and and, yeah. and you know Big Ten Freshman yeah. of the Week you know yeah. which was I mean he played great. a lot of really good football and 
I think what was cool is he got better each and every week. Yeah. You know, as as the learning opportunities came, he just continued to get better and continued to find ways to, you know, put the team in the best situation to, to win football games. And, you know, he's going to continue to do that in the offseason. He's going to just keep getting better and better. And, and, you know, the dude's super talented. And, you know, that quarterback room is going to be fun next year with him. You know, Cole Kramer, who's uh, a very talented quarterback mm-hmm. too, super smart, Um and then, you know, obviously with Jacob Knuth and, and Drew Vioto. So it's going to be pretty pretty fun uh, quarterback room for the future to go for football. Yeah, they've got some talent there. And, and I want to ask you, too, I keep saying we're going to keep getting to stuff, but there's so much on the on the docket. I want to ask you about Ethan um, at some point. But I wanted to ask you about going into that game. When's the last time you actually were preparing for a game as a backup? It had to be yeah, freshman year? 20, uh, 2018 uh, against Nebraska. Um when Zach Zach got hurt, and then I think I started every game until um, after Illinois, after Illinois yeah. of this year. So, so how, what was that like? Because uh, it, it's a weird situation too. Because yeah. it's not a real. I mean, it's a real game. It matters. Nine wins matters. It's a bowl, but it's not like hey, you're you're you know you win and you go to Indy or what whatever. So right. it was a, it's I, a it's I kind think of a, it, you know for me it was it was different because um you know I was trying to savor every moment with my teammates um coaches and and do that as well but more importantly you know you have a task and you got to win the game so for me I wanted to to pass on any knowledge that I hadn't um you know yet talked about with Ethan Cole in, in, any of the guys and so for me it was kind of like a mentoring thing but also making sure that I was ready um you know if I needed to go in and and, and play football um so it was a it was a cool structure and cool balance and I think I proved to myself that um, you know I can be ready uh, if needed you know coming in cold and it yeah. was fun like I was just like all right here we go <laughs> you know <laughs> well yeah and that's the other thing right so you're on the sidelines and who knows what the what the plan's going to be at some point whether you're going to get an opportunity to go out there so then Ethan gets hurt and I suppose it just kicks in like okay I hope Ethan's okay but I gotta get a football here and start throwing right yeah for sure up. I mean it's one of those things that as soon as you see the guy laying on the ground it's like all right um you know, toss me a ball. Let's go. I got to. I got to get ready to go out there and execute. And, um, you know, I, yeah, that's definitely sucks when you see somebody on the ground like that. Um, but you have to be ready. You know, it's the cliche, but next man up, right? You have to yeah. be ready if you're needed to go win the game. You have to be ready. Um, and I'm thankful that you know some of the certain things that that it might have appeared to be with his injury uh, seem to yeah. not be the case because that that would have been uh, pretty devastating. But um, you know, seeing him come back out there was cool too to get to talk to him. Yeah, the um, boot on and yeah. looked like he was at least uh, uh, you know not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he was disappointed, but also he was hamming it up on the sideline. Yeah, and that's what Gargi was reporting anyway. That and that was, I think, a relief to everybody that okay, right. you know, maybe definitely. you know this isn't going to be a a huge issue here. Hopefully, right? yeah, yeah, definitely because that you know, um, you hope for the best in that situation and. You know, if you bad thoughts can pop in yeah, your head when you see like very you say, very guy, quickly. You know, we see a guy laying there, yeah, on a field like that where you, you know, the traction was not great. Yeah, it was not great at all. So, uh, but you just got to manage and find a way. And so, thankfully, you know, seems to be uh, not the case of kind of what initially uh, people thought, which is yeah, very good news. So you uh, get get in there. It, it was your first action since Nebraska. So what was what is that? About six to seven weeks in terms yeah. of game action. Right. Um, and much of that time you weren't practicing either because of the injury. So um, did it did it snap right in? Did the game seem fast? Did it seem slow for you? Was it like old getting on a bike? Yeah, it just kind of felt like playing football, you know, to yeah. be honest with you. And 
that's pulling from my experiences. You know, I've had a, I had a lot of different experiences in college from being a backup to, you know, starting a bunch of games, um, being in every kind of situation, getting out of ruts, getting out of all kinds of different things. So for me, it was just kind of like, all right, just go win the game. Yeah. That's kind of all you got to do. And, uh, you know, it was fun to be out there with the guys. And it wasn't too long. You fired a pass right into the bucket to Daniel Jackson for a touchdown. And I'm guessing that had to, one, obviously it was great, but two, um, for you coming in off the bench to get one of those relatively early. Was that the first drive or was it the yeah, next? Yeah, it was, it was the first drive that I was in. That you're in. So yeah. you end it with a touchdown. That had to just, like, yeah, it was all pretty right. Good. Pretty yeah. good. And, and I think we went up. That put us at 14, um, which was pretty awesome. And then, you know, he made another great play later in the game uh, on the little jailbreak screen there. So, I mean, he had a great day. And, you know, he's continued to get better and better throughout the season. And, you know, the future is so bright for him. Um, And I'm excited to see, you know, him, you know, with the touches he gets, how much better he gets because he's super committed. Yeah. You know, he's very talented too. Um, He's one of the shiftiest guys that I've seen in my time here. Um, in terms of just lateral quickness, being able to set up routes to to create separation and get open. So, you know, he, his future is really bright, and I think he showed that against Syracuse, and, and yeah. he's just going to keep getting better and better. The weeks he was healthy, he was productive. Yeah. Like he had the, the big week in uh, Michigan State after Crab went down yeah. the next week, and you hit him uh, for a couple of touchdowns that day as well. Yeah. His, um, I agree with you, he's shifty too. Like The other thing he is, and just my observation is, and, and that touchdown on the jailbreak was that he gets, he's almost like a running back once he catches because he got hit and he just bounced Bouncing off and around. kept his yeah. just keeps his balance. He doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't look like he's going to tip over. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those guys that you know, the old thing, oh, he's, he's hard to bring down. Yeah. You know, it, it's true because he's such a good athlete. He can keep his balance in different situations and continue to fight. And I think you saw that a lot in the season, too, um, where he'd catch a ball, bounce off a tackle, get 10 more yards. Now, which or, was the one game where he bounced it at home down the sideline? Yeah, that's that what a, I'm thinking of. I can't remember uh, who it was against, but that was like a 50 or 60-yarder. Yeah, I think it was – it might have been Purdue. Yeah. No, Purdue, he caught the the dig, Yeah, went up and got it and, and split it and basically – Almost yep. took it to the house. Yep. It was a big explosive play, but yeah, he, he's talented and he's got a really bright future for yeah, sure. Yeah, like the looks of him, and then uh, and there's others certainly. The Mackie Brockington came yeah. on strong. How about that? How about that play at Wisconsin? Not to, to go totally Crazy. back, but Ethan makes the throw, yeah. and all of a sudden he just runs by everybody. Yeah, you know he's got he's got some serious speed, <laughs> and so when he caught it on the run, it was kind of like a you know especially for the coverage they were in, they were not expecting that glance route to go yeah. in there and into a cloud coverage so that you know they had a corner in the flat and a safety over the top which usually isn't a good look for that but the way they were playing it because we hit the hole shot earlier you know Ethan ripped it in there and he just caught it and split the middle of the field and it was he was gone yeah and what a what a fun day that was to to uh, to get the axe for sure um so you you win the game um you kind of take the curtain call a victory lap so to speak in your final game um has it has it sunk in now a little bit that one you you know one it was awesome to win but two it's now a, a new chapter really for you here yeah it has and i think for me you know, not playing the ne- the last couple of weeks, I had more time to to reflect and sure. be grateful uh, than maybe I would have if I was you know still doing what I was doing in, in a starting role and not being injured and, and out of practice and all that stuff. So I had more time to reflect and and I just thought about how many uh, people that changed my life throughout my time here, from coaches, players, you know, people at athletes in action, you know, different people who uh, support the program that, that I got to meet over the time. You know, talking to you guys, talking to you know, all the different media, Daniel House, yeah. Ryan Bernsey, 
you know, uh, man, it's crazy because it, it feels weird because, you know, I talked to you guys for so long. Um, so I, for me, it's just a, a heart full of gratitude and, and an excitement for what's next. And I think after six years, uh, you know, it's about time. Ready for people, a new, people uh, are probably ready for, for, <laughs> for what's next. But but I'm thankful, man. I, and I can't think about it without smiling yeah. and being thankful for everything. And, you know, I'm, again, forever gopher and now a, a proud alum. alum. And I got to say that pretty quickly. And uh, it, it makes me pretty excited. Yeah, and I think you mentioned to Guardsy, he interviewed you right after the game on the field as they were getting ready for the for the stage uh, ceremony there in the in the Pinstripe Bowl post game. Um, when he asked you, you know, it's probably unfair to ask right after the heat of the moment. And you mentioned, and it, it, it's a little cliche ish, but I think in your case it's true because you think about it. You said you got here as a kid and you're leaving as a man. Yeah. And not only that, you're you're married now. Yeah, so literally. I mean, you, like you're literally, you know, off into you know your next stage and. Yeah. And, um, so it really was, you came in as an 18 year old transformation. <laughs> um, I was, I enrolled early as a 17 year old kid out of Kentucky. 17, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, leaving as a guy who's grown a lot, uh, really truly became a man and I became a, you know, I found really a, a firm relationship with God here and, um, and I met my wife. So that's pretty significant. <laughs> the, and, you know, definitely not a cliche because I, I was a kid when I got here and, and I definitely left a man and all, all my hair behind definitely shows that too. So, <laughs> yeah, but that, that you lived, I mean, usually cliches are cliches because they're generally true, but you really did, uh, you know, you did get here as a kid and, and leave as a man. Um, a couple of final thoughts on, on the trip to New York City. And I've been around you guys um, for, and, and other previous teams at bowl games. And sometimes, depending on where the team stays, it's, you know, you're isolated. Like last year, I thought right. Arizona was great, good weather, but you're, yeah. there's nothing much around where they stay. It was, you know, you guys yeah, were beautiful. Resort, the resort was beautiful, awesome. but it was, yeah, I mean, you're catching Ubers to go other yeah, places you and know, stuff. But and even Tampa, experience. which was yeah. great, but I, I know even talking to Mariano, you know, he's, he wants to go eat. Yeah. And he's like $50 Uber rides or $60 yeah. Uber rides just to get somewhere. Well, right. the beauty of New York is you're a three-minute walk from any kind of food you want. Right, right? On, yeah. Uh, it looked to me like you guys had a ball. Oh, it was awesome. Did you have fun? Yeah, it was a great experience. And... um. What's interesting, too, is when you look at it in terms of how many days we were there, even going back to Detroit, I'm pretty sure it was the same amount of time as Detroit, so it was shorter in the amount of days compared to Tampa or um, Arizona. Mm -hmm. But it felt like we were there for a long time because we were constantly doing really cool things. We're cats. Um, you know, we saw the – you know, which to me, I, the first thing I thought was, this is where the draft was at for forever. Yeah. At Radio City Hall. I'm like, this is where the draft was at for so <laughs> you're long. You're right. You're right. You know? The and, NFL and draft I, was I, there. I sent a video to my brother. I was like, you – you notice this? And he's like, no, it just looks like a stage. And I was like, oh, well, it's where the draft is at. Before know? they started parading it around yeah. in different cities, yeah, it, was it was always there. Always yeah. right there. And um, you know, So you're going, there Christmas night to watch the Rockettes Christmas yep. night show. I mean, what a once-in-a-lifetime yeah, shot, it right? Was, it was uh, a beautiful opportunity. Then we all you know, walked around, got to see you know, some of the iconic sites of New York City. And uh, you know, it was pretty cool because there was always something to do. Guys were always doing yeah. stuff while – Keeping the the main thing, the main thing, and trying to win the game. So I see yeah, hockey I was at, at Madison yeah. Square Garden at MSG. It was cool, man. I mean, some some bucket list things for sure. And then you know, one of the coolest things for me too was uh, we were you know in Yankee Stadium. They gave us all a, a jersey with yeah. a number on it. And guess what, you got? I got Derek Jeter. Yeah, and Derek Jeter was like my favorite baseball player of all time. Still is. 
And so we were out so there. So you're wearing on the field on Wednesday, the walkthrough the yeah. day before, a Yankees number two jersey, which is yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this, I'm wearing Jeter's number right now. You know, we got to see Monument Park and then me and uh, Josh Ani and one of our trainers just started, who, uh, Joe, uh, who, great guy. Joe's the best. You should, you should you should get him on the podcast. I know once. we've talked that about would be it. Awesome. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah, he has some of the deepest relationships with guys on the team. Yeah, and anyone in the program and uh, so you guys, I yeah. I watched you guys. I came over and talked to you for a minute. Yeah, because, we were playing a catch. Yeah, and I'm that's the first time in, in a, my life in a long time that I felt like a ten year old kid. Right. I was like, man, like you're I'm, back in Little League. Yeah, right? I'm playing catch at Yankee Stadium with two, you know, people I've spent a lot of time with, people that I love. Wearing a Derek Jeter jersey, like basically where second base would be. Yeah, like, how cool is this? It's great, you know. And I was it's just, unbelievable. I just reflect back to that, and I kept the ball too. Yeah. Well, who was a who was a smart guy to remember to bring a baseball at all to the stadium? Well, you know, kind of. There was some baseballs laying there around. Was, you so thought you dug one up? I might have yeah. put it in the bag. <laughs> you know, yeah. sorry yeah. Yankees, yeah. They, can, they can lose a ball or two, but no, it was just so cool to do that and yeah. to be able to have that experience. So. Um, you know, and guys, there was a bunch of guys playing catch, looking at yep. you know all the historic Yankees and and all kinds of stuff. So it was a really cool experience. day of the game. Mariano brought his glove to throw really? the ball around in the pregame a little I didn't bit. Know yeah, that. he, he that's brought fantastic. his glove. I, I uh, is what he told me. I, I didn't see it, but that's what he said. He brought his glove. So, um, but watching you guys throw, um, and I think I talked to you at that moment, and you said, "Yeah, it felt you know felt like we were in little league." And you said you loved baseball growing oh, I up. Loved it, right? I loved baseball. Yeah. I uh, yeah, so I played. When I was a kid, I, pl- I was always playing a sport, baseball, basketball, um, and football, obviously. And then uh, when I got to high school, I kind of realized that football is what I wanted to do and had to kind of shift away because yeah. the high school I was at, the coach wasn't going to let me participate in spring football, so that was kind of it. But I was talking to actually our the guy who was the high school baseball coach at Ryle, and I was texting him, and I was like, man, yeah, I still wish I would have played baseball my junior year. And he just got a good laugh out of it because every time I'd see him in the hallway, he'd be like, dude, you got to come out. Like, you got to play. play. Were you shortstop? No, I played third. Third. But I was definitely better in the middle infield. Yeah. But I I was a great hitter. Really? Yeah. yeah. I all, like, I used to love going to the cages with my dad, going to, like, uh, like those hitting sessions, you know, where the yeah. guys would be throwing your BP and stuff. Yeah. And, like, that was, for me, as, like, a 10-year-old kid, that was, like, the best yeah. Going to a hitting session at night, you yep. know, hitting a hundred balls. Yeah, you know, in that transition. So, in a you know different universe, maybe I would have continued playing baseball. Who knows? Who knows what could have happened? But I'm pretty, pretty proud of the decisions I made and you, kind of how my career went. Yeah, you've done well. Speaking of Ani, um, uh, in an earlier interview earlier in the season, we got talking, and I know I you know know he was a, a St. Paul guy, and so my son and is his age. Are you mm-hmm. the same age? No, you're. I'm one year one, one year, year older. older. Yeah. yeah. So my son is his age, and so he played baseball coming up through youth all the way up through varsity. And I remembered we always played this team called High Tower in youth baseball, mm-hmm. and they were based in St. Paul. And they had one dude. They weren't the greatest team, but they had one right. dude that was good. And we faced him two or three times. And so we got talking before the interview because I because re- he said I don't know how we even got on it. And he's like, Yeah, I was on that team. I said, Did you play center field? Yeah, quite a bit. And I'm like, Yeah, I think you I think you homered off us a couple times. He's like, I probably <laughs> so he could play ball too. Yeah. I, uh, you know, he at that time he was not linebacker size. Right. You know, I'm talking like 12, 13 years old. That's crazy. But uh, it was pretty cool. So when I saw him throwing the ball with you, I had to go uh, say I've seen that guy throw a baseball. Before. 
before yeah. for sure. But uh, that's the guy I was intentionally walking seventh <laughs> exactly. grade little league. Yeah, I'm that I'm that uh, jerk in the third base coach or in the dugout saying, "Hey, just we're gonna walk this guy because he's the yeah. only guy that can hit." No, I'm. I, it, they they were a decent enough team, but he was definitely the standout guy on that team. But uh, and they had some good, you know, they, they, he could run and, and and do it all. But it was so cool to watch you guys there at, at Yankee Stadium. And and I had written down here the Jeter jersey, so I'm glad you brought it up, yeah. which I thought was a nice touch for the Yankees. They gave all you Definitely. guys a, a jersey with the button down front and yeah. then it matched your football number. So you got yeah. Jeter and who got uh, Aaron Judge? That uh, Dra- uh, Dragon Kesich. Yeah. Dra- so he yeah, was, he yeah. was uh, Aaron Judge. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, like that's so cool. Yeah. And and it was it was awesome too because we got to be in, in the Yankees locker room. Yeah. Um, and the jerseys were hanging up so it felt it felt, you know, pretty yeah. surreal when you walked in there. They and uh, so I don't know if you saw this once you guys left. So they the the clubhouse obviously it's nice and there's big lockers and there's signs and then they kind of put up some temporary ones in right. front that you guys would use because I don't think they wanted you guys to throw yeah. your football gear into Aaron Judge's locker room or who or in his locker or what have you. But um, we were still there doing some other we had some meetings for broadcast stuff and the Syracuse some of the Syracuse players. They must have been getting there after or before, and they started to walk in because they wanted to. They wanted to see, see it, locker, and yeah. so uh, Di Daniel Ift, who's the uh, you know the great ops guy, who, who that, God bless him for bowl season, what he has yeah, to go through to get you guys everywhere York. you need to go in New York. Um, but at one point, he's just like, "It's over there." Like these yeah. guys kept walking yeah. by. He just, it's over there because he knew exactly what they were uh, wanting to look for. And that was uh, Judge's uh, uh, clubhouse locker room for sure. But um, how? Uh, and again. It was a great experience. You guys had fun, but the the footing issue. How how bad was that out there? Yeah, you know it was. I'll say this. I think it was a lot better than um, the situation which happened in Arizona. Which Oof. I mean, you never expect it to rain in Arizona. <laughs> when it has a roof, yeah. So and they decide to open it. Yeah, that was bizarre. The yeah, whole thing. Yeah, that was crazy. But you know, it, it's there's beauty in it. You know, yeah. obviously. And then. Um, <sighs> I think the grass, it was really good. It just ended up being to the point where you cut it up and it stayed hard that it's kind of hard to really yeah. dig down into it. It was frozen, right? Yeah, yeah. and there's really nothing you can do about that. Um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, they did a great job. The, the Yankees organization did a fantastic job putting the bowl game up, doing everything else, and, um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, should have won another game. Yeah. Should have won two more games, yeah. you know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. But, uh, you know, just glad that no one left with any serious, yeah. serious long-term injuries or anything like that. So um, that's definitely a blessing. Second quarter, uh, you got to hand the ball off to Muhammad Ibrahim, and he became the all-time leading rusher in school history. Um, what was that moment like, and what was it like playing with uh, with Muhammad Ibrahim for your career here? It was the best. I mean, that guy's one of my best friends, and you know, again, like you look at him when he when he came into the U. Probably when he signed, you're probably like, oh, cool, we got a good got a good back. Mm-hmm. You didn't think what his career would be when you looked at him. You looked at his measurables. You looked at what it would be. You're like, there's no way this guy's going to be, in my opinion. Well, the records say it: the best yeah. running back. You know, one of the best players in right. the school that's had so many great running backs, DT, all kinds of guys, you right. know. And he's arguably one of the best players in Gopher history. And statistically, there's there's no debate. Correct. I mean, that is statistically, not he has debatable. every single category, yeah. right? And there's been a plethora of fantastic running backs that yes. have played here and had a fantastic careers in the NFL and guys that have made a real impact still to this day, to this community, community obviously, with, with DT and everything that, that he does. So 
I think that man, I'm so lucky that to call him a friend and also yeah. to be able to hand him the ball for all that all that time. But it's just such a great story of resiliency. Um, you know, when he, you know, last year when he tore his Achilles, like yep. he probably was on pace to do the same thing last year. Head to the NFL, have a great career, uh, but wrestled with a lot of stuff and and you know lonely kind of Oof. that injury recovery yep. and he grinded i mean he was in the training room like all day every day and to see what happened uh as a result you know the fruit of his labor pretty sweet to see and you know this guy's i mean i can't wait to see him at the next level and what he's going to do and i mean i said this in the post game press conference i'll say it again i'll stand on this hill to the day that i die if it doesn't happen i think his number should be retired like today yeah and i don't think anybody should ever wear 24 at the University of Minnesota ever again. That's how strongly I feel his legacy is as a gopher. Um, but even if you look past that, how important he was to what we've done the last six years. Yeah. Um, and putting gopher football in where it's at. Like, he left his legacy. It's firm. His legacy's firm. Like, you, I mean, there's no debate in that. Um, and he changed a lot of lives along the way, too. So I, I think the 24 should, you know, I don't think anyone should ever wear it again. Yeah. That's how strongly I feel about that. And it's not just because I love him. He's one of my best friends. That's because I'm looking at it as a fan perspective and a guy who interacted with him every day and saw what he meant to, to the program and everybody around him. So, yeah, I'll stand on that hill. I'll talk to, to President Gable, Coyle, whoever, <laughs> whoever, whoever, takes, whoever right? wants to talk. I'll, I'll, I'll lead that charge uh, each and every day. Well, a week ago, uh, last week before it was uh, Monday of game week, uh, I interviewed Kenny Burns for this very podcast. He was our guest on episode 51, and I asked him about Mo, and I said, what, um, what has it been like coaching Mo? And without hesitation, he says, and this is a guy who has already been named the head coach at Kent State at this time. Obviously, he's right. there now and getting everything going, and um, that, what a bright future, 39-year-old head coach. Yeah. I mean, he's going he's gonna to rise through the ranks, continue, you know, continue to do that as he has. But I said, what has it been like coaching Mo? And without hesitation, he's like, it's been the greatest joy of my coaching career. Now, you think about that, and that's, yeah. I think, similar of what uh, the comments you have in terms of um, him being a teammate and a good yeah. guy and, and impactful. And even Kenny mentioned that you never know. I said, did you know right away how good he was going to be? And he's like, you really never know. And he said, when he figured it out, is he he worked through his freshman year, and yep. you did the same, right? Never right. played it down in a real game yeah. and spent your whole freshman, true freshman year on the scout team. Um, he was named scout team player of the year, and you were the guy that uh, had to be the other team's yeah. quarterback every week, right? right. And, um, and he said that when he saw how hard he worked between freshman and sophomore year after never even really getting a chance, I mean, there were some good running backs yeah. on that twenty eight, oh, you sure. know, 2017 team as well. Um, anyway, he said that's when he thought this it could be pretty good and then he said the Georgia Tech game he's like it just became a different deal at that yeah. point and and you remember that game of course in in mm-hmm. Detroit um where you know that that he he, he found something like like that <laughs> where it's it was just continuous his whole career was spent with the radio guy saying it's a handoff to Ibrahim it's a gain of 8 yeah. and the radio guy thinking that should have been a gain of three. How did that work? And that's not a knock on the offensive line in any way because it was a really good line. But he just had this knack to make it go of just you know of just finding stuff and going. And I think that is one of those things that you know when you're an offensive play caller, you're always trying to get in second and advantageous positions, third and you know advantageous. When you look at the third down, if you're third and ten plus, your chances of actually right. converting are really slim. You know, so it's one of those like, hey, let's not turn the ball over. Let's try to get this first down. By all means necessary, we're going to go out and execute. But if we don't get it, hey, 
punting is better than interception. Yeah. But if you're in the third to three to six range and even better than that, third and one to two, your percentages, if you just play the math, are way higher of converting. Right. So when you look at first down and how important that is, when you give the ball to Mo and it's supposed to be a one-yard gain or stuffed, and he makes it three or four, and that turns second and 10 or nine to second and six, second and five, I mean, it's a, it's a huge advantage. And I don't think the common fan understands that enough of how advantageous the things that he did in his career you know, made things go by just making those those runs work. And that's because he just has a incredible balance and vision, but also because he studies and knows every blocking scheme so well and understands, oh, boom, I'm going to go here. Yeah. Oh, the shelf's, the shelf's closed. I'm going to hit it front side A gap. I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Like, guy's just special. Yeah. And, and even to take it a step further, my observation with him too is if you watch, so you watch football at the highest, highest level in the NFL, and if it's third and two or longer, it's, they never hand the ball off. Right. Ever in the NFL. You watch, third and two is not a handoff in the NFL anymore. It's a yeah. shotgun or a pistol. Um, now they might hand it off, you know, on you know on a read option if you got Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson or something to make it a run. Right. What how many times did you on third and four or third and five or in the record breaking run, third and ten and you got twelve, yeah. hand it off. I mean to keep the sticks moving on third and four is huge. Right. And it had to be two or three, four times a game where Nobody does that. Nobody. I mean, in the NFL, where there's the smartest coaches and the best players and the greatest analytics and everything, if yeah. it's third and three, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a handoff ever. Right. And you guys on third and four, third and five, here you go. Get yeah. us a first and move the sticks, and we'll just keep the drive going. And eight minutes later, you got a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes back to two, like depending on the formation you're in, you have the runs that you like, the passes you like, and a lot of times when you get into third and seven plus. You know, defenses are either right. they're bringing their exotic pressures, trying to get you off, you know, make the quarterback think, maybe even force an interception. Uh, but they're either doing that or they're playing zone coverage. You know, a lot of teams are going to play zone. They're yeah. going to play the sticks. They're going to play all kinds of their different, you know, third down defense, which is totally different than first and second down. And so, you know, there, I mean, there was, I think, I can't remember what game where it was like third and 19 or something. We were in just a stretch outside zone to the right, and he got like 25 yards yeah. in the first time. That was Wisconsin, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think yeah. he did it against Wisconsin, and he might have even done it earlier in the year, too. Yeah, yeah. Just outside zone, boom, and he yep. you know, takes it because, again, you get one or two perimeter blocks, and then he's going to set it up and go. And, you know, again, putting the percentages in your favor, you know, Mo Ibrahim does that for you. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Tanner Morgan's records, too. Uh, you know, almost every single season record you hit in 2019, and pretty much most every career record you also hit. Probably would have had yards if you didn't miss the, you know, the handful of games here. Yeah, but it's what's, all good. What's that, what's that mean to you, too? <sighs> like, I got to think if, you know, um, and I know you're a humble guy, but there has to be a, a, a sense that you can puff your chest out knowing you, if you're going to thumb through the media guide, your name's scattered all over it in this program. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm definitely proud uh, of, of you know my time here and then the things that I was able to do on the field. But it brings me more joy, uh, kind of the mentorship side of the mm -hmm. the guys that you know. Hopefully, I got to help change their lives, just as so many players and, and a ton of my coaches changed my life, and uh, that brings me uh, a far greater joy. You know, just a little story of like, hey, you did this, and uh, you know, made my son's day, and now he's. he's a huge gopher fan or something like yep. that. Like that stuff lights me up inside. That makes yeah. me really happy. And, um, you know, being able to be a part of a team that won the most games and playing quarterback, I think, you know, it's all about winning games at the end of the day. And, you know, no matter what you do it. So I think being on, 
a lot of really good football teams here over my, you know, four or whatever years starting. And, you know, the other two years, I think it it's really cool for me to, to say that, like, I won a lot of football games as a gopher. More than uh, anybody as know. a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. That, the winningest like, quarterback in the history of the school. Um, that, that means a lot to me. And I hope if Ethan stays long enough to, you know, I hope he – Stays two more years and goes fifteen and zero, fifteen and zero, and you know, they win the Natty two years in a go, and then he's the the most winningest quarterback. You know, like that would be cool to me too, because that's a, um, you know, I have a great relationship with him. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely something that I'm thankful for, and you know, I, I bet if if you said that, you know, when I walked in here that I'd be the winningest quarterback and go for history, you'd probably laugh at whoever said it, and you know, the case is is a lot different now. Yeah, and and all you did is gone out and and won games, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was fun, man. I was a part of a lot of good teams and you know a lot of good players. So it was it was a fun ride. Yeah, it was. It was fun watching too. I can tell you that we had the bird's eye view each week. So that was that was always amazing. Um, you mentioned Ethan. Um, that'd be great if he go fifteen and zero and fifteen and zero, and then you know be the first pick in the draft or right. whatever it is. But yeah. how, how good do you think he can be? What what do you see in him? And I know he had a nice tweet after the game, and I'm sure you guys had personal exchanges as yeah. well. But um, you know that that quarterback dynamic is always one you're never sure. But right. I think you made it a point to make sure it was a it, it's a good. Uh, relationship there. Yeah, I think every quarterback room I've been in here has been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, going back to Connor Rhoda mentoring me my first year, who had a huge impact on me and a lot of guys um, you know, that I that just left the program and guys before that too. Um and then, you know, Zach Hennigstead and um e- even guys like Johnny Santaga and um Sam Pickering, who ended as a tight end, and then he got in on the victory formation. How about that? I did. I missed it. I was mad at myself. I missed that. I I saw Mo, and I did not see Sam. So I wish I I missed it on the broadcast. I saw it later. Someone someone mentioned it, but that was cool. Yeah, but I think just the quarterbacks rooms in general. You know, Jacob Clark, Cole Kramer, all just so many guys that you're just thankful you get to spend time with them because you spend a lot of time together. and so that's always been pretty cool because uh, guys always put their egos aside when they walked in the yeah. door, and that, that's really important. But I also think, you know, for Ethan, he, he's so talented, and um, the, you know, his future, his potential is so high. Um, and again, like people can tab that, and you know, that's that's a lot of expectations, a lot of things. But he's the type of guy that's going to go to work every day and um, not really care what other people think, mm-hmm. and just keep getting better. And I've, I think if he just Continues to get better each and every day. Um, you know his potential limit is uh, very high, and I think he could play a long time uh, in in the league that plays on Sundays. Too. Yeah, is he certainly got the physical skills? He, yeah. I mean, you can see just how he throws, and he's got some mobility as well. And now it's a matter of getting some, uh, you know, taking some some hits and some, you know, when the bullets fly, and then yeah. get your experience and for sure, you know. And that's what's so great about going into next year is. You know, with him specifically, as he's had so much experience this year, um, got to see what it's like to prepare. Because that's such a big difference when you're preparing as like you're the guy, you know, to be successful on a Saturday. Right. Um, and I think he learned that throughout the process too, compared to his first start at Penn State to Wisconsin. Of okay, how do how, how can I do this better? How can I do this more productive that fits my needs better? You know, the way I watched it is different. The way it's going to be different than how he watched it, and. You know, I'm, that's something that we continuously had conversations on of like, how can you maximize it so that you can understand it the best? And that's something also that Coach Strack did a great job of is getting him ready uh, throughout the year to play his best ball. And I mean, I think when you just look at the Wisconsin game, like 319 yards, <laughs> two tutties, 
uh, huge third down run, like it showed. Um, and again, his future is so bright. Yeah. We had Nubin on the podcast a few weeks ago and he said last year when, when Ethan was on the scout team, he's like, there were a handful of weeks where we were, we, we saw, a the best quarterback of the week yeah. was in practice, not on Saturday. And, you know, I didn't, he didn't mention names, but I'm sure over the course of, you know, you see a guy that has that kind of arm, even on scout team, you can make For an impression, sure. right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I, I, I remember that. Like, we'd be in the locker room. Gibbons was, was my roommate and get home and he'd be like, yeah, dude, Ethan shredded us today. And I was like, I'll oh, pull it up. Let me see. And, you know, would always go in there and, and kind of watch the throws. Because you, you, you know, don't, as a starter, you don't get to see scout defense no, much, you're, right? No, you're, you're separated. You're I mean, doing, you see scout defense, but you don't see yeah, you're scout doing, offense. you're doing your own thing, right? Yeah. Offense on this side, defense on that side. You know, you're executing. You're focused on what you got to do. And so when when any chance I could get to kind of watch his throws is pretty cool. Because um, usually, you know, you're forced to throw to, to a certain guy. And yeah. It's usually pretty covered. But, you know, there's – it's a great opportunity to to work on your accuracy and fit some balls in there, and he right. definitely did that. Yeah, even I think sometimes, and you were you were that guy also as a freshman. Um, I I don't know if this happened, but I I think there's times where the defensive coaches want you to throw to the defenders just to get them confident, right? Definitely, especially especially on a, a fast Friday the day before yeah. the game. Like, don't shred them up on Friday. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you know different coordinator then, but we would do seven on seven, and I'd say, hey, do you want me to throw it to? And he goes. Yeah, throw it to our guys. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep you happy. I'll yeah. throw it to to the defensive guys. Yeah, yeah. And Knuth's learned that this year as yeah, well, Yeah, he right? did, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, it's always funny when a, a guy goes on scout team and comes back and you're stretching and they're just like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> got to throw it to the same guy. Like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, yeah, well, you have it, – it's an opportunity to lead and an opportunity yeah. to work on accuracy when situations are definitely not, not the best. So – you can always find ways to get better, and, and playing scout team quarterback is definitely something that you can do to continue to get better. Yeah, and it, it, it puts an impression on the coach how you handle it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no it, it makes a huge impression. All right, um, the injury, we don't have to get specific about it, but how hard was it to not be able to play and physically kind of mentally both get through that part of it late in the year? Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things that um, – for me, you know, the day after it happened, my my uh, my wife Sarah was like, "Well, you have to practice what you preach," and that was that football wasn't my identity. My identity was in was in Jesus, and uh, you know that's where I drew my self worth. And she was like, "Well, this is going to test you. Like, you got to." And there were days that you know at the beginning where I was like, "Oh man, like I wish I wish I could play." And it was so weird, you know, at the beginning of not playing. But at the at the end of the day, like you know, my coach, the coaches did a great job of keeping me involved, and um, you know. I was, you know, coaching uh, on the field and, and finding ways to help out any way I could. And so I really enjoyed that. And uh, it definitely was something that uh, made me rely on my faith and, and rely on, you know, who I am as a person because, you know, the football thing stops uh, eventually. And um, I was, you know, grateful that I, I, I got to interact with the guys that I did in that time. And uh, help out in that form uh, to to help us win games in a different way. You know, yeah. instead of being the guy pulling the trigger, I was helping the guy pull the trigger. I was helping the guys on the sideline doing that kind of stuff, uh, which again I enjoyed and that was my role and, and maximized that. So, going through that part of it, the mentorship, the coaching part of it, I think PJ Fleck has talked about that. You know, the day you decide you want to get into coaching, he'll find a spot for you. Um, and, you know, hopefully the Hula Bowl and the NFLPA and all this stuff leads to, you know, a long extended pro career. But do you think you'll be a coach? You know, 
I'm not 100% sure, but um, it's definitely something that I would love to do. Um, and again, those types of decisions of what career you make and all that kind of stuff, it's not just me. It's it's my wife and, and you know, eventually one day my future family. And, yep. and you know, that's what it impacts. But you know, I think it'd be something where uh, I can make a great impact on people's lives and help change their lives. And uh, I think I'd be, be pretty darn good at it too, uh, personally. Yeah, um, I do too. So we'll see, you know, yeah. if I get into coaching, I know I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to keep doing it, to, to do it here uh, at the U and, you know, so uh, we'll see, but there, there's a good chance that ends up happening. Um, it really just depends on what road God takes me down. Who knows? Yeah. You know? I mean, sometimes it might even, yeah, you'd, you you want to make a decision. You want your wife to be involved, but it might be just circumstances and an opportunity you don't even know presents itself. Absolutely. It's, it's so funny and how then life you're going to be like, sometimes. okay, there it is. Yeah, there's the, sure. there's the, there's the path. Yeah, exactly. You know, you might, you might be going down one road and then, you know, it's a U-turn and then it's a, a hard left to the path that you're supposed to be on and, and you start to have success on it. So who knows what happens uh, down the road for me, but, um, you know, coaching is definitely something that, that I um, would be interested in doing and, uh, could be a, a potential path for me, uh, long-term career-wise. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about real quickly. I'm, I've kept you already way too long. I'm sure. I'm no, sure. Man, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. To talk Mrs. To you Mrs. Long. Morgan has probably got dinner ready, and she's <laughs> mad you're late. And uh, but, uh, no. you you just came from a workout, so you're getting yeah. ready. Hula Bowl. As we tape this a week from tomorrow, we're taping on Friday, um, and then you've got the NFL PA uh, All-Star Game, I guess, for lack of a better term, later yeah. in the month. Um, so those are two big opportunities for right. you. Um, um, let's start at the start. How did the inv- invitations come about? How does that all work? And then, um, did you know, h- how do you decide which game you want to play in and all of that stuff? Yeah, you know, I think it's different for everybody. You know, different for uh, a guy like John Michael who's going to the Senior Bowl. Um, and, you know, different for, for a guy like me in, in my situation. So to be able to get an invitation to go out there and, and throw the ball around, you know, do it in front of some scouts is uh, something that, you know, I'm thankful for, grateful for, and, you know, got the invitation uh, uh, through um, an, an agent. And so uh, kind of both of those happen that way pretty organically. So, again, opportunities that, you know, you go out there, you throw the ball around, see what happens, and, and uh, something I'm thankful for that I get to be, you know, involved in those two games. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to watch the guys that I played with play in, and, you know, the East-West game playing the uh, – you know, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl with uh, John Michael. So it's going to be pretty fun, and I'm excited to to see those guys, man. You leave Sunday for uh, Orlando? Yeah, correct. And so are you there practicing for a, almost a week then? Yeah, so it'll be uh, practicing for a week and then playing on Saturday, then I'll stay in Florida and then for a week and then train down there and then uh, head up to California. For that one. Same yeah. thing then, the similar yeah. practice. Yeah, yeah. So the, And that's that's where you can make an impression. Practice sure. as much as the game potentially, right? Yeah, absolutely. Getting uh, to just interact with those guys, see how, how you can pick it up, pick up the playbook and go execute it and uh, go out there and make the throws and see what you can do on the field. Have you been able to talk to scouts or any personnel that have said, hey, we've watched you on film here's what we see, here's where we'd like to see maybe improvement, or here's what we like, here's where, you know, whatever, or is that what you're going to find out maybe next week? Uh, I'm sure that's more stuff I'll find out next week, you know, and that's something that I've always been very real with myself on what I do well, what I don't do well. Mm-hmm. And uh, another great asset that, you know, the U has here is uh, Marcus Hendrickson, who has his relationships with, those relationships with guys and uh, makes things a lot easier, uh, you know, because he'll tell you the hard truth, and that's something that, 
uh, is a huge asset, you know, for the University of Minnesota, and he coordinates the pro day, talks to those guys. He was a former scout, so yeah, he's a huge asset. He knows football. Yeah, yeah. he's a huge asset to have because he's going to tell you exactly how it is, and so. You know, I know him really well. We're birthday buddies. We got the same birthday, uh, different years. <laughs> recent obviously. though, right? Uh, no, in April. So April, April, not April, recent. We're April, okay. April 17th. And so, uh, yeah, he's a guy that's been a great help and kind of just uh, saying things like that and then how to approach the next couple months. So yeah. it's been a great asset. So that's been a good uh, a good help as well. Um, and now, and also you just work out, right? Now you're you're training yeah, and... Just get ready for like, it. Is, like, like for a running back or a receiver, even a linebacker, 40 times important and vertical jump and stuff, is that, I mean, what are they going to care much about what that all is for a quarterback? Yeah, you know, I think it's an, it's important uh, to a sense to, to show kind of what you can do, show that you're, you know where you're at and all mm-hmm. that stuff and make <clears throat> really make sure it's not a ginormous weakness. Um, yeah. But it's stuff that I'm going to prepare at and, you know, keep getting better at. And I'm excited to see how that process goes and then continue to just get better at throwing the football. You know, that's something I'm pretty excited for. We'll have to watch the game. I'm sure it's someplace, right? Yeah, I'm, I think it is. It might be on yeah. CBS Sports or something like yeah. that. I could be wrong. I know, I know the NFL game's on the NFL Network. So Now, do, the, do you take uh, the gopher helmet yeah. with? Yeah. Now, are you going to be one of those guys that puts all kinds of no, uh, man, emblems I'll, on? I'll keep mine pure. You're going to keep yeah, the M or Goldie I'm or gonna whatever? Have, I'm going to have it in my office. I yeah. don't want, you know, I want, I want the Goldie cutout yeah. on it. I don't you don't want, want like a Marshall logo on no. there or a Central Florida logo, right? Yeah, I'm not going to put a, something gold on a maroon helmet. No. Like, no. Or uh, – Gold outside of you know our gold, oh, your own like gold, yellow. yeah, yeah. I like to keep it pure, man. You're I'm not. Curious, I'm, I'm guessing so. you're not going to put a W or a no. or a or a tiger hawk on that helmet. No, yeah, definitely, no, definitely not. No, for sure definitely not. not. For sure not. Um, well, it's fun, and then you get to kind of. I know Mariano's going to be in the game you're in, Mariano Sori Marin, and um, it'll be fun to I'm sure catch up and for and sure. get to know other players from around the country too. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to you know play with those guys. Uh, obviously, get to see Mariano and stuff, so it's gonna be gonna be a cool opportunity. If you talk to the guys um, that you played with or guys you know that maybe you've played against that have been in these All Star games, as to what to expect. Yeah, I have. Uh, you know, specifically Gibbons because sure. he, he played in the two that I'm playing in, you know, slotted to play in. So, kind of getting his experience on what to expect, how to prepare for it, and that's been a huge help for me. Um, and just kind of his approach going into it and how that helped him. So, I'm thankful that. You know, got a got a friend like that, a former teammate that can help me out in this situation. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Well, man, it's been pretty cool uh, to watch you develop, and and literally in this case, as we say, come in as a kid and leave yeah. as a man, married, hopefully on to NFL uh, stardom. Here, uh, you've got a couple of these All Star games. You're an alum now. Yeah, um, it's been awesome, man. We do want to thank you as well. Our as always, our sponsor, Affinity Plus, has a hundred dollar gift card for you as part of our player profile. But um, I know people have enjoyed watching, and um, I know they'll enjoy. Uh, listening to you here on this podcast yeah well i appreciate it it's always a pleasure to talk to you grammy and you know it's been fun to be on a couple of times on this podcast and talk to you throughout the years so you know hopefully that doesn't stop over the next couple uh couple of years so looking forward to it man and uh you know excited to see where this podcast continues to go yeah excited to see what happens with go for football (laughs) 
future super bright. So. No doubt. Well, when you're back, be sure to uh, to pop up in the radio booth and For say sure. hi to DT and I and, and Guardsy on the sideline. You can punch him in the face if you want. Now yeah. that you're not, you know, I'll, I'll have to tell Guardsy what's actually going. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No give more. Him, give him the real run. No, no more guarded answers. Yeah. No, you were you were always good. You were always yeah. good, man, for sure. But very good. We appreciate it. Thank you. Right on. Thank right. you very much. All right. There he is, the winningest quarterback in University of Minnesota history, Tanner Morgan. It's episode 52, the Go Gopher podcast. My thanks to Golden Gopher quarterback Tanner Morgan. It truly has been a pleasure watching him develop as a player and as a man. Definitely one of our all-time favorites, and we wish Tanner the best of luck on a bright future. The Go Gopher podcast episode 52 is presented presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They also have a top-ranked mobile app to help you out. We also are brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and right now, please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. Hit that button that says subscribe. It's absolutely free to subscribe and to listen at any time. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Hope you're having a great new year. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week.